Discipline and consistency separate the good from the great. Welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show, where we'll be discussing leadership, business, human potential, inspiring you to live rich from the inside out. Unlock your creativity, stretch out of your comfort zone, break through your barriers, take inspired action, and achieve epic results. Now here's your host, three-time best-selling author, speaker, and certified executive coach, Deborah Kozowski. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Millionaire Woman Show. I'm your host, Deborah Kozowski, and if it's your first time here, we are delighted. We always have guests that come with such rich backgrounds, experiences, that they're going to inspire you and help you live rich from the inside out. And on a global scale, this is fantastic. I get so excited because I'm meeting people from Germany, Texas, Italy, all around the world where we can bring this information to you so you can step it up and play at a higher level in life, business, and leadership. Today, my special guest is Victoria Wisniewski, teaching introverted entrepreneurs and business professional, how to overcome the fear of public speaking and become confident, compelling, captivating speakers. After moving to the US two decades ago with limited English, Victoria overcame her crippling fear of public speaking and to build several businesses, teach a variety of industries, and speak in front of small and large audiences. She's appeared on Fox News and has been featured on numerous publications including CBC Houston and Biz West Media. Taking her own experiences and going from scared to sought after speaker, Victoria founded Brilliant Speakers Academy, an online public speaking coaching program for introverts. She also owns Nutty Scientists of Houston, a passion project about inspiring kids to fall in love with science. Victoria holds a Master's of Science in Computer, computer Science and is currently completing a Master's of Arts degree in Communications and Media Technology. She lives in Houston with her husband and two sons. Please welcome Victoria to the Millionaire Woman Show. Hello, Deborah. How are you? Fantastic. And I'm, I always love, I almost should keep that little bit of the, our conversation at the beginning of these interviews, because it, it's really cool to hear about people's backgrounds. You know, you're from Russia. My family history is from Ukraine, and we're talking a little bit about Polish. And I just want to practice it. Spasiba, Jakuyu, and Jakuyu. I got it. <laughs> you are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about that gratitude. So I'm really excited to talk to you about public speaking because, you know, we hear about public speaking being one of the greatest fears that people have. And even more so for the introvert, right? I'm thinking, like, I'm an extrovert. I come by it naturally. And I don't think anything of it when I go on stage. You know, when you have those butterflies, you learn how to fuel them. But for someone who's an introvert, thinking of walking in front of more than two people, maybe three people, can be terrifying. So what do you do to help people overcome when they're an introvert to move forward into being that confident, captivating speaker? So to start with, a lot of people 
are really confused about what does it mean to be an introvert versus an extrovert. A lot of people think that, well, if I am social, I must be an extrovert where they may be an introvert. And it's important to know because there are a lot of little things that you do or don't do depending whether you are an introvert and an extrovert. So for example, so Deborah, I'm so excited that you're an extrovert because you will be able to answer this question. So when you go in front of people and it could be on stage or it could be just socializing, you know, in a room with a whole bunch of people, do you feel excited? Do you feel pumped up? Do you feel getting recharged? Or do you feel like your battery is getting drained? You feel really tired afterwards? How do you feel? I'm excited. I can't wait to learn something about someone. You see, you are a typical extrovert. You are absolutely right. You are an extrovert. With introverts, it's different. And introverts could be really social. Like, for example, I am a very social introvert. But what it means is that I can go on stage and I can, you know, blow everybody away. I can go in a networking event and I can network and people would never guess. But as soon as it's over, I'm completely drained, completely drained. I'm very tired and I need to recharge my batteries by being alone. Mm -hmm. Where for extroverts, when they are tired and they need to recharge their batteries, they actually need to go and meet more people so that they can recharge. So it is very important because for us introverts, it is not our natural habitat to jump in front of a camera or to go on stage in front of, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. This is not where we want to be. Right. And that's why it is so hard for introverts to embrace public speaking. Mm-hmm. Though I have to say the issue that comes up and the reason why we're so fearful is the same for both introverts or extroverts. But for introverts, again, very, very, very difficult to be that center of attention that extroverts like yourself love, 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 right? So if you know you are an introvert, first of all, it doesn't mean that you cannot become an amazing public speaker. What it means is that you need to use your strength your strengths as an introvert to go and apply in a public speaking environment. And this is where it becomes really interesting because as introverts, we, when we meet somebody for the first time, it could be you know, a social situation, it could be a business situation, we immediately do not want to be the center of attention. We shift the focus from us mm-hmm. to the other person. We immediately start asking questions, let the other person talk so that we don't have, so that it's not about us, so it's about the other person. It's almost instinctive in every single introvert that I know and in me, you immediately make the other person or other people the focus so that the focus is not on you. And that, my friends, my introverted friends, is the key to feeling comfortable in the public speaking situation. Because when you are, let's say on stage, but it can be anything on a podcast, in front of a camera, on a live stream, when you're in front of an audience, the biggest shift that you need to make is to shift the focus away from you to your audience, which means if you're standing in front of your audience as an introvert, the only thing in your head that's keep on rolling and rolling and rolling is, what are they thinking of me? Are they judging me? 
Are they going to find out that I don't know anything, right? Even yeah. if you're an expert, even if, you, even if you wrote like million books, right? You go in front of an audience as an introvert and it's immediately, they're going to realize I'm a fraud right now. But what you're doing is you're focusing on yourself. You're focusing on your fear. You're focusing on your self-esteem. You're focusing on your confidence. You are focused. You're sitting inside your head where as an introvert, what you need to do is you need to shift that focus away from you and how you feel in relation to the audience, to your audience and how they feel. So the question stops being about what are they thinking of me? Right. It becomes how can I make them feel, right? How can I make them feel? How can I help them the most? How can I benefit them the most? And you think, and, and you would think that, well, how does it help? What it does, and the reason it helps is because as soon as all of your energy, all of your thoughts, all everything is on your audience, and every sentence out of your mouth is to benefit them, and you stop thinking about yourself, and you shift the focus to your audience, your brain cannot continue focusing on those two things at the same time. So, you know, you can't continue focusing on, oh, how am I benefiting my audience? And, oh, are they thinking I'm a fraud? You cannot do that. If you're focusing on your audience, you're no longer thinking, what are they thinking of me? You're now all thinking of your audience and your body fear symptoms begin to melt away. Yeah. And that is so important. Yeah, that is, and that is so important. So this is really the key to, for introverts to feel confident in their skin on stage. Right. The key is to shift the focus away from you to your audience and stay in that mindset of giving, of helping, of benefiting, mm -hmm. instead of going back into your head, how am I feeling, how I'm scared, and how is they judging me? So what do you do, Victoria, to help people move out of that self-chatter of judgment while they have an opportunity to share a very powerful message? I, there are several things that we do, but I think the most powerful thing is to learn to love your audience. Mm -hmm. Because the truth is, when you stand in front of an audience, and let's say you see them, you see this ocean of faces, right? And you get overwhelmed and you, you don't know them, right? Or maybe you know them, but you, you don't, you, you're, you're scared of them. That's really all you feel. So what the very first things that I teach, that's like the first step, the very first thing is I teach is how to love your audience. So that as soon as you are in front of an audience, it clicks immediately and you immediately go into the given mindset. So I teach my students how to go from being scared of your audience to humanizing your audience. Mm. That is very important because you have to remember no matter who is in front of you, that could be your peers, your potential clients, it could be your superiors, no matter who is in front of you, you have to remember they are exactly like you and me. They're the same people, exactly the same people like us. They may be different in one way or another. But at their core, they're the same. They go home and they worry about their kid doing homework. They go somewhere and they worry about other things that you may also worry about. You know, we're very similar. And so you have to learn to humanize your audience first and foremost. And then you have to learn to empathize with your audience. 
How do you empathize with your audience? You have to remember that whatever you're saying is going to benefit somebody there because there is there may be some pain there. There may be some problem. There may be some, something that they feel that they really need help with. And you may be the person who has that healing message for them. And when you humanize them, when you empathize with them, then the next step, step becomes easy. Loving them, loving your audience, shifting the focus away from you to them, not worrying what they think of you, but worrying how you're making them feel. That is the very, very first step. And you have to love yourself, right? You have to love yourself enough to understand that you being scared and standing there and focusing only on you and how you are, you know, in your own little head is being selfish. And I know you've talked a lot about this as well on the podcast, how when we have something that can help other people, it's selfish for us not to share it. Mm -hmm. So this, you, you have to, I think the biggest thing that I can leave you with, and if you forget everything else, I want you to remember this, is that public speaking is all about giving. If you remember this mantra, it's going to help you so much. Public speaking is all about giving. All the best public speakers out there are givers. So if you approach public speaking not from a place of fear, but from a place of love, from a place of giving, you're going to be on your way to becoming a confident speaker. And when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And here we have Victoria. <laughs> so do you think public speaking is something that just comes naturally to some and some of people just don't have it? I do not believe that public speaking is a talent. I do believe that extroverted people just feel a lot more comfortable and that's normal but it doesn't mean that if you are an introvert you're not going to be a great public speaker it's just naturally extroverts are more open in front of an audience extroverts are a lot more closed but i don't believe is a talent because i've seen over and over again how the most introverted people, how people who are absolutely, you know, live in their own world and don't want to be, you know, they just little hermits. I've seen them opening up, going in front of a camera, going on TED stage and blowing audiences away. You don't need to be an extrovert to do that. All you need is to learn the skill of public speaking. Mm -hmm. And then when you're done, you can step away and again, recharge alone and be alone. But for those moments while you're in front of an audience, your audience probably won't be able to tell who is an introvert and who is an extrovert, honestly, because of how you can learn to be with your audience. Very so my, my, yeah, my big belief, it is not a talent. It is a skill. And as any skill, it can be learned. It can be internalized. It can be practiced. And it can be perfected. So we hear about that fake it till you make it. How true is that when it comes to the world of public speaking? You know, it makes me cringe. Does it make you cringe when people say that? <laughs> and people have been saying it forever. You know, when I was way younger, like I remember 20 years ago, people were telling me, yeah, Go do it scared, fake it till you make it. I absolutely do not believe in this. 
And the reason I don't believe in this, and this applies to public speaking, this applies to everything in life, right? When you're faking it, number one, you will get caught. Not get caught like somebody will call you out on it, but you will get caught in a way that your audience all of a sudden will be like, wait, something is off. You know, we all have this radar built in. We actually can see when somebody is faking it. And so the only thing that you're going to achieve with this, number one, is that your audience will realize, ooh, something is off. And that breaks the whole rapport mm -hmm. that you may have built. That breaks any sort of credit that they already gave you. And then number two, the reason why you don't want to fake it, why you want to be yourself, why you don't want to be anybody else, is because, again, when you're doing public speaking, you're spreading the message, right? You, you're saying something important for your audience. And as a result, somebody in that audience is going to absolutely love you for who you are. But then somebody in the audience, you know, may be repelled by you. And that's okay, right? As entrepreneurs, we know it. It's okay. You want to find people who are your people. Mm -hmm. You do not want to attract the wrong people with your message. Right. Because if you are faking it, you're going to attract people who are attracted to that persona that you put on. And then all of a sudden, you have to maintain that persona forever and ever. Who wants to do that? Yeah. And, and, and a lot of people awesome. fall into this trap, right? You've seen them. You've seen them. We've seen them. Yes. Have you seen them? Yeah. 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 And then they have to stay in this mindset of, well, I have to be like this person. You know, I have to walk and talk and dress like, I don't know, let's say Marie Forleo to be successful. No, the reason Marie Forleo is successful is because she is being Marie Forleo, exactly who she is, a Jersey girl. Yeah. And if you try to fake it, you can say, you know, hey, gorgeous, million times. It's not going to be the same. And your audience, and you're going to not only attract their own audience, but you're going to feel insecure mm -hmm. the whole time. Because the problem, the biggest problem that I see with somebody who is faking it, who is not being genuine, is that you may project that confidence or that persona or that whoever you are trying to play, you may project that. But deep inside, you're going to still feel like a fraud. Yeah. And that is not the feeling that you want to carry with you when you go to your audience. You no. do not want to feel like a fraud, right? This is, this is like so important, so important. I know it's scary. And, and, and I know when you were probably starting, because I know you're a speaker, when maybe you were starting, it gets kind of scary to go. It's like you're going naked, right? In a way, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go and be myself. And they can and, see me. And they can see me. Right. And now they know I'm going to say something and they're going to know exactly who I am. They're going to see me through and through. And that's scary. And that's why a lot of people try to fake it because they people get caged in the view of perfection. Oh my if gosh. I don't have everything perfect. Who's going to want to listen to me, but they got it backwards because the more relevant you are on stage and sharing story, the more the audience falls in love with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's so interesting that you mentioned it, that the whole idea of perfection, you know, how perfect you have to be. And I think, particularly for public speaking, I think it stems from, you know, years back. Um, if we think of public speakers back in, I don't know, let's say 70s or 80s, right? Yeah. Remember how they were like perfection, 
Yes. A little fake perfection, but still perfection. And right now, I think the world had enough of that. Right now, the world is drawn to real people, people who go out there and say exactly what they think. Like a good example would be Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. I'm sure he's well known in Canada as well. Oh, Gary Vaynerchuk, you know. This morning. <laughs> <laughs> really? I love him. I actually uh, had a chance to listen to him live. He came to Houston. The guy is liked by millions, but he's also not liked. I'm sure by maybe not millions, but thousands and thousands and thousands. Why? Because he's being himself, right? He's not faking anything. He says it exactly as is. He is always the same because he never has to pretend. And he attracts people who like that. And he repels people who don't, which is totally fine, but he's not trying to be perfect. And then, you know, not naming any names, but then you see people who are trying to be perfect. Yeah. And we as audience, we're not attracted to it because we can't relate. Can you relate to perfection? I cannot relate to perfection. I'm not perfect. And, and that's, and you know, here's another thing. And that is about public speaking. If you feel like you need to fake it because you're afraid, otherwise, otherwise you may make a mistake. Mm -hmm. You know, you may go out there and if you are just being yourself, you just make, maybe you'll make a mistake and your audience won't forgive you. Or even worse, you know, you make a mistake and now they're like, oh my gosh, he's so stupid. He doesn't know this, he doesn't know that, right? This is a fear that all of us have. But mm -hmm. what I want to tell you, if you're afraid of making a mistake, you need to change your mindset on this. Because honestly, probably the best thing that's going to happen to you is making a mistake in front of your audience, right? How many times have you made a mistake? It's not, <laughs> right? I mean, we've made millions of mistakes. That doesn't make us any worse. It makes us relatable. <laughs> it makes us relatable because, you know, when you are, let's say you're on stage or, you know, I'm on stage and I'm telling something to my audience, I'm sharing a message, I'm all excited. And then I'm like, made some mistake. So what do you do? You laugh about it. Yeah. You stay yourself. You be yourself. Don't crumble down. Don't like go, oh my gosh, I made a mistake. Now it's over. No, you laugh about it. You get up, figuratively speaking, fix a mistake and keep on going like nothing happened. Because often the audience doesn't even know you made a mistake a lot of the times. Oh my gosh. so obvious. Yes, yes. And so, so here's the difference. So here's the difference. You can make a mistake in one of two ways. Just like Deborah just said, if you make a mistake and only you know you make a mistake, for example, you, um, you were going to say something and then you forgot to mention it and you just continued going. You completely forgot that point you were going to make. Mm -hmm. Don't go like, oh, I'm so sorry. Let me, oh, I'm, I made a mistake. First of all, your audience does not have a transcript. You don't have a transcript as an audience, which means whatever you say on stage goes. And so you realize in your mind that, oh, I forgot that point. Okay, keep on going. And if you're able to insert that point later, audience wouldn't even know. If you're not able to insert that point later, audience wouldn't even know, which means you continue going like nothing happened. But then, of course, there is a second type of mistake, a mistake um, where you, something is obvious. You know, you obviously did something wrong. And a good example is that same stage where I saw Gary Vaynerchuk Barbara Cochran was there as well. 
And so she was telling a story and she had slides. She was telling a story. It was her life story. It was really exciting. And she was just getting to the good part. Like you could tell the story is like getting there. And then she presses her clicker too hard and her slides fly, like 10 slides fly over and she stops and lands on the punchline slide, revealing the story. <laughs> okay, so, so this is, now let me, let me give you a second. This is not an audience of 50 people. This was at a stadium. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even know, like 10,000, 20,000. I don't even know how many was one of the biggest venues in Houston. What do you think she does? Do you think she goes like, oh, oh my goodness. Let me walk away from stage and cry because, you know, it's horrible. Of course not. Of course not. If you've seen Shark Tank, you know exactly what she did. She goes like, oh, don't look, don't look, don't look, don't look on screen. And she keeps on scrolling back the slides. Like, don't look on screen. Like, you've never seen it. Don't pretend you've never seen that slide. Let me continue with the story. And she laughs about it. And she continues going like nothing happened, right? And do you think the audience was like, dang. Barbara Cochran doesn't know how to use a clicker. Well, I'm really disappointed now. You know, no, the audience was just having a blast with this because all of a sudden, you know, somebody that you only see on TV, that somebody you respect and you feel like, oh my gosh, she's a goddess. All of a sudden, she made herself so human, so relatable to the rest of us. Oh my gosh, that's either happened to me or I could see it happen. (laughs) (laughs) It happened to me. So one of the things I want to ask you, Victoria, because this makes me think about years ago when I first got into the public speaking, that I was uh, at a women's conference and I had all of the evaluation sent to me. And this is something I want people to understand as well, that majority of them were phenomenal reviews, testimonials, and then there was two, that you knew that those two people were exactly sitting together because they wrote the exact same thing on their paper. And how often, and I think this is sometimes when people get into public speaking, they have that fear of evaluation because I hung on to those two versus the hundreds that said, you know, that was great, this is a very important point I took away, and all I was worried about was why I couldn't align with those two people. Yeah. And the reason you couldn't align with those two people is because you were yourself. Yeah. And those were not your people. That's it. It's very simple. Along people who are not our people. So for those of you who've been speaking for a while and you know, you, you might be gravitating to those um, evaluations and those judgments or those people who are thinking of getting started. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yes, you, you can't. You know, if you think about it, like if you had um, in real life, like if you were meeting 100 people and you, you are, you know, wonderful and, and you're, you know, you're, you're this beautiful person and you smile, you're, you're people's person, you're just wonderful. I guarantee out of that 100, there are going to be a couple of people who will say, you know, I didn't like her. I just didn't like your hair color. Yeah. Or I just didn't like how she smiled. Or, you know, her, her voice was annoying. There are going to be always people who are in a bad mood that day. Something is happening in their life and they're projecting whatever is happening on you. So if you are getting those, um, some sort of a review, right? Um, It could be some sort of a survey and you're getting responses back. If you ever have that, throw away the ones that are negative without a reason. 
-hmm. hold on to the ones that are positive because anytime you feel a little down, anytime you feel unsure, you're going to pull them up. That's why, you know, everybody recommends keep testimonials. You pull them up and here are hundreds of people saying that you changed my life. Mm -hmm. And then you're not going to hold on to the two people or three people who said, you know what? You just don't look good. Mm -hmm. This is not a valid criteria for evaluating a public speaker. You don't like my hair color. You don't like how I speak. You don't like how I speak in terms of my voice. You don't like how I dress. Yeah. I'm not your person. Now, if the feedback was overwhelmingly leaning a certain way and there was something there that said, you know what, um, I didn't like this because, and there was something very valid and that valid thing got repeated over and over again, then you don't throw them away. You have a good cry and then you look at that and you think, let me see, how can I improve? Mm -hmm. How can I improve? That would be the only time when you would take that feedback seriously. If you have a lot of the same feedback and all feedback was pointing at something that's valid, not your hair color. So how do people eliminate that fear of judgment? Like I know we talked about, you know, how you're going to love your audience. You're here to give to your yeah. audience, but it, it still doesn't take us away from, you know, judging ourselves and feeling judged by the audience. How do you help people move through that? Well, number one, if you've ever been in the audience, which every one of us have, and you were, you know, let's say it was at work, work environment, and you were brought in for a training. And so you, you didn't have a choice. You didn't come because you wanted to, you were just there, right? And there is a speaker and the speaker is phenomenal and you love it. That's one scenario. You don't judge because you love it. Second scenario, you're in that same room, there is a speaker and the speaker is boring. You're, you're like bored out of your head. Do you really think you're going to be sitting there judging? I mean, you have to think of you sitting in that audience. And I know I've been in the audience. I'm not going to sit there for more than a second thinking that that's boring. As soon as I realize it's boring, my head is somewhere else. I am already thinking about, you know, what we're going to have for dinner, where we're going to go, right? What people don't realize, what speakers don't realize is that your audience is not going to sit and judge you if you're not doing a very good job. They're just going to tune out, mm. number one. So don't worry about them sitting and you know, looking at you and judging you. They won't. Yeah. If you're not doing a good job, they're going to tune out. But if you're not doing a good job, that's on you. And then you need to think what you can improve ahead of time. You need to think how I can captivate them. How can I make this not boring? How can I tell story? How can I have a conversation? And one of the biggest things that I remind my students is, again, when you love your audience, you already know they're the same as you. Now, let's have a conversation. Let's not approach this as a presentation, even if it is presentation. Don't approach it as a presentation, as a training, as a lecture. Approach it as a, you are having a conversation with people in the audience. You're making eye contact. You're talking to them. And as you're having this conversation, your fear of judgment is going to be going away because you're going to be seeing people actually nodding and smiling and giving you feedback, nonverbal feedback. People are not that 
<laughs> I know we all love ourselves, but we don't love ourselves enough. Yeah. We, and I think the key here is to, on top of loving your audience, is to love yourself, to really realize that I am enough. And I think this whole fear of judgment comes from that old imposter syndrome, right? We all feel we're not enough. And that's why we feel we're judged, even when we're not. Truth is, nobody's sitting there judging. Nobody cares. They either love it or they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> there, are only, there are only two ways to go about it, guys. I've heard, you know, people say, well, I've heard that message before. And you may have heard the message before, but have you internalized that message and made any change in your life? Especially if it's something that keeps coming up for you and you keep brushing aside. Right, right. And, um, and I just had a message actually from one of my students and she just started the program. And so she's, you know, she's learning, she's just learning the basics of it. And she just messaged me and she said, hey, I just had this huge Zoom presentation and I was, you know, in the, in the past, I would have been terrified. I would have been thinking, oh my gosh, they're all going to hate it. I'm, she was actually talking about something that's not even work related. She was giving them um, some just completely different information just to, you know, enrich their lives. It was kind of a thing, something that the work decided to do. And so she is like all insecure, right? And then so, she, so we've talked through this. I, I worked with her through this. And so she sends me a message. She's like, you know, I was, I didn't even feel that I was being judged. I didn't even feel that my, uh, that I wasn't, in, like the first time I didn't feel that I wasn't enough because I was so wrapped up in my message. I was so wrapped up in why, why am I here? Why am I doing it? Why they need it? Because this is so important. That's where, that's what, you know, well, that's what I teach. It's not how to make you appear confident. It's not how to make you appear like you are in control. No, everything that I teach is how to make you feel confident on the inside. Mm -hmm. Because if you only worry about appearing confident, you will continue feeling like a fraud and you're going to continue being afraid of public speaking. And that's a fact. No matter how much you practice, if you don't overcome your fear, if you don't really understand how to manage your fear mindset and how to completely erase that fear, you will never feel in control because it's, it will always be that fake feeling on the inside. I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. Only when you change the inside, only when you learn to feel confident on the inside, only then you're going to project confidence on the outside without any effort going to be natural you know you just like you go and talk to a friend you don't need to worry how your friend is judging you you don't need to worry how you show up whether you're confident or not you're just talking mm-hmm. and that's what public speaking can be to you as well just a regular conversation where you're focused on who you're talking to well this has been incredible victoria and we've come to near the end of our interview so i'm going to switch gears for a moment and ask you a couple of questions that i'd like to end our interviews with and uh, what is one book that has really transformed your life and or you know in life it could be in leadership it could be in your speaking ability that has really shifted the way you do things you know if i had to pinpoint just one book because of course i read a lot But if I had to pinpoint one book, it would be a book on entrepreneurship and it's E-Myth Revisited 
by Michael Gerber. And the reason I love that book, if you're an entrepreneur, I, I just ask you, I beg you, go get that book if you've never read it. Because the reason that I was able to build several successful businesses is because of that book. Mm. That book teaches you how to approach your business as a system, how to put systems in place, how to create a repeatable experience for your customers. And I, you know, looking back when I was creating Brilliant Speakers Academy, which is my program where I teach uh, students, when I was creating Brilliant Speakers Academy, I was still applying those principles for principles for entrepreneurship from that book where I was creating systems that mm -hmm. are repeatable that any student can go through the program and get the same results. So if you're building a business and it doesn't matter which business you're building, absolutely doesn't matter. It could be physical location. It could be completely online. Do yourself a favor, get that book, immediately revisit it. It's going to blow your mind. It's going to change your life. It's going to change how you approach your business, how you approach any business and how you can create a business that you enjoy and that doesn't overwhelm you all the time. So that would be the book that I would highly recommend. Yeah, I've read it. It's time to read it again. <laughs> <laughs> My final question for you is, what does it mean to you to live rich from the inside out? Oh, that is such a good question. You know, and of course, you know, a part of it, and I'm, I'm just not going to, you know, elaborate on it too much, but of course, a part of it is going to be obviously the family and my kids. That's totally a part, and my pets, <laughs> totally a part of that. But if I was only focusing on the business aspect of it, yeah, for me to live the rich life inside out means that I'm challenging myself every single day, that I never become complacent. If you find yourself living a life that you're not excited about, then it's time to change something. I found myself in the past where I was in the corporate world and I felt dead, completely dead. I was so bored, you know, high paying job, high level executive. And I was bored because I knew I wasn't challenged at all. My brain was working, I don't know, it's 3% capacity. And I, we as entrepreneurs, we want to be excited. We want to be challenged. And only when I have this drive inside of me where I wake up in the morning going like, okay, I'm going to do this and this and this today. Only when I'm really excited about life. And it doesn't mean that you are successful and that's why you're excited, right? Don't confuse success with just being hungry for you achieving things. Because every little step you make is exciting. Every little goal you achieve is exciting. And I just, to me, that's truly the definition of living rich inside out, where if you have some extra time, you don't go and turn on TV. You actually go and maybe open a book and read something about things that inspire you, or you go and do something for your business where you don't waste your life where you invest in yourself and where you feel like you're learning, you're constantly learning something new. Awesome. Thank you so much, Victoria. And my, of course, people want to stay in touch with you. How can people stay in touch with you? Be a part of your Brilliant Speaking Academy and really learn more from your teachings. 
I would love to hear from you guys. So you can reach me at my website, www.brilliantspeakersacademy.com. And again, it's brilliantspeakersacademy.com. And I have a lot of really cool free stuff on my website that you can watch and read and learn. And I cannot wait to connect with you. And then you can get all my contact information from the website. And I hope to see you. And we'll have it in the show notes below here for those of you who might be watching by video and we'll make sure that you're able to connect with Victoria Lesnansky and from her Brilliant Speaking Academy. And Victoria, it has been such a pleasure to have you on the show. Let me test out a little bit of my culture as well. <laughs> so great to connect with you. So thank you very much. And for everyone who's joined us here, whether you're here by iTunes or your favorite podcast player, or you're here on YouTube, we want to thank you for joining us on the Millionaire Woman Show. I'd also like you to go over to iTunes or your favorite podcast player and rate and review this show. Give it a five-star high five. We would love to hear what the top nuggets that you're taking away from the show. Even better, snapshot the cover art with what episode you're listening to and share it on social media. I'll be sure to share it in my stories and on my profile as well. You can go over to www.debrakazowski.com where you can download your three-part video course on making habits stick so that you can stay focused and consistent in getting to those goals, making them a reality, and enjoying every minute of it. So as Mahama Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. And on behalf of Victoria and myself, go out and make today great.